Welcome to episode 434 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. We have to congratulate Ken and Bill at Special When Lit. Their fundraiser, along with Adam Schwartz's contributions, made over $50,000 for Project Pinball. Incredible. I did not get the Stranger Things video from Stern's marketing department. We are not in cahoots. It was funny that they put up the teaser video after we already gave the world the actual reveal video of the game itself. But on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, we're going to take a little bit of a pause from the Stranger Things madness, from the Rick and Morty madness, and we're going to interview someone who I think has a very, very interesting perspective on pinball. He is John, the proprietor of Jack Bar in Brooklyn, New York. And just to get sort of an operator's point of view on this hobby was really something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I think you're going to love this interview. This interview also has one of the biggest, probably most meaningful revelations and moments uh, in, in pinball that I've ever done in my three or four years. So I think you're going to love to hear what uh, is revealed at the end of this podcast as well. It's something uh, that you haven't heard before on Canada's Pinball Podcast. All right, so look forward to that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, happy holidays. Here is John from Jack Bar. Oh, and before you hear this interview, keep in mind that we had a microphone out on the table, so you're not going to get the crystal clear audio that you normally get. But trust me, it's worth it. You're going to love this conversation later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. I have traveled on a Sunday morning to Brooklyn, New York. I'm in Jack Bar with the owner, John. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, John, we've been saying, you know, through private messages that one of the sort of underrepresented parts of the hobby is the operator. Now, we talk a lot about collectors. You're a collector. You also are an operator. So, like, let's, I'm excited because I want to know, like, what games are doing well on location, what games you have in your collection, and then let's just talk about what's going on in the pinball world. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. So, you got into pinball how? I'm playing since I'm a kid. Um... You know, I'm 46 years old, and I started when I was probably about six. Uh, my grandfather owned a restaurant in Coney Island called Big Daddy's. Had a big arcade in the back, and pretty much my parents would take me there every other weekend, spend the weekend in Brighton Beach, hand me rolls of change, and just let me loose in the back. Okay, and you got the pinball bug then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, I was kind of playing video games, too, um, especially with, like, Atari and the home consoles coming out. Right. But... I just always gravitated towards the pinball machine. Okay, and and we're inside Jack Bar, and if you haven't been here before, I haven't been here in about maybe six months or a year, and you've expanded the amount of pins. How many pinball machines do we have inside Jack Bar right now? Well, there's 16 working, and then I always keep one that I'm shopping out uh, at the at the very front of the bar. What's your so I'm looking at a dialed in a Spider Man Theater of Magic Star Wars Twilight Zone. You got Elvira, which I'm going to jump on and see if I actually like it. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite pin in here right now? Jurassic Park. Jurassic. Okay, so the new one from Keith Elwin. Oh yeah. How's it earning from an operator's perspective? It's earning great. Okay. What's great? In, can you reveal? Is well, that, is I, that... I, I never disclose personal financial information. Okay. But we could talk on a relative basis. Okay. Um, it, it's definitely, of the 16, it's definitely in the top three. 
Now, when a, a machine is a great earner, do you look for a machine to pay itself back over the lifetime it's here, or is that impossible knowing how expensive machines are now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely my measure. I don't, I'm not like crazy about counting the coin box. I could, I could just tell by looking at it visually, uh, you know, how it's, the bills are stacking up right. versus other games. <clears throat> so I could tell you that my main measure, and I usually do this through the audits, yep. is if I'm going to, does a machine pay itself back in six months? Does right. it do it in a year? Right. Does it take a year and a half? You know, right. So. What's the fastest a machine is, which machine has paid itself back the fastest in, in your history as an operator? Uh, that's a great question. One of them was back when I had reciprocal skateboards, when I got Tron. Right. When I got Tron. And now keep in mind, games here are a dollar, two for, two dollars for three games. Okay. Back then, all of my games across the board were 50 cents a game. Okay. And that thing paid for itself in probably about four or five months. Right. And for those of you who don't know, Reciprocal was a skate shop in New York City, right? Where yeah. there was pinball machines inside it. Yeah. And I know there's a big deal when it closed down because it was one of the coolest sort of like hidden treasure kind of arcades in New York City, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had a big, we built a big community. Okay. You know, we had two sides to this. It was a skate shop on one side and a pinball arcade in the other. We had a mini fridge in there so people could BYO. Right. And, uh, you know, I started out with four machines and it grew to 11. And now keep in mind, this is a very important point, I think, is that at that time, there hadn't been a place in New York City in probably 20 plus years that had anything more than like one, maybe two busted ass games. Right, right. You so know. this was like the the beginning of like the barcades were coming back. What year was that when Reciprocal started putting games in? 2007, I believe. Okay. Yeah, 2007. So that was right around Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, LE was right around 2008. So Stern machines were still surviving, but they really were the only company in town right. back around that period. So fast forward to today, John, it's, it's 2019 and now we have so many pinball manufacturers. I can't How, believe it. Are, are you like shocked that it's survived? Complete shock. Right. More than survived. It it grew. Right. I can't believe it. Right. You know, as far as I was concerned, Stern was on their deathbed. No, and they were. They were. I mean, it was, I, I believe it was Lord of the Rings that kind of saved them. But 2008, when the recession hit, everyone was like, non-essentials were, were, were being canceled from people's shopping lists. So it's good. We're, in, we're probably in the new golden era of pinball. Yeah. As an operator, which companies excite you the most right now? Um, well... Which is the most reliable? Can we start there? Can you talk yeah, yeah, reliability? Yeah, sure. I mean, reliability, I would have to give it to Stern, for sure. You know, and Stern, Stern is on the, the, the height of both their, I mean, people always will nitpick and complain about, you know, the coil stops are breaking, and that's true. But overall reliability, as an operator, I could put a Stern machine in and feel very comfortable. You know, I'm an on-site operator, but I do operate out of one other bar. And if I had to unbox a new Stern in that place and know that I'm not going to be there every single day to service it, right. I could feel very comfortable knowing that it's, it's going to operate 98%, you know, 
reliably. Right. Now, the big issue the last year has been the play field issues. And we've seen people have play fields chipping. We were just standing over Jurassic Park with yeah. a, a post that is chipped. Is that as an operator? And I know you're a collector, but as an operator, do you really care? Because, you know, back in the day, people didn't really care about dimples and chips because the games, as long as they functioned, do you really care when you see cosmetic things happening to your games? Sure, I do. I do have, I always say that my roles in order are player, collector, then tech restorer operator. Okay. I put those in one group. Okay. Um, and so my collector side, you know, being more important to me than my operator side, yes, I do care. I'm very obsessive compulsive by nature. Right. And in that, like, I like, a game. To, I like to try to get it as perfect as possible. I want it to shine. I want it to be cosmetically perfect. I like. I mean, uh, from everything from the play field to mechanisms, I, I, right. I like everything to look nice. So, question about play field protectors because I always wonder, as an operator is also a collector who is a little OCD with their games. Um, how do you feel about playfield protectors? I know that like the jury's out on whether or not people like them. I, so I heard somebody. I saw somebody on. Inside, say it best. It's it's like a it's like a couch cover, like your grandma putting plastic yeah, on the couch. It's it's silly to me. Like the pinball machine is meant to be played. Right. As perfect as I want it to stay, it was built and designed to be played. And if it does gain some imperfections as a result of that, then that's endearing. That's history. Right. It shows the game was loved. You know what I mean? Nothing like a, a chip post in Jurassic Park signifies a, the great love affair we have with the game. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that in particular is, is to me, that's unacceptable. Now, you know, when you when you see the modern playfields, and you have a mixture of games here. I'm looking at stuff from the '90s. You've got a, a Twilight Zone. You've got a Theater of Magic. Can you tell the difference in quality between the playfields? Do do because people are like, oh, they're using different solvents now, and that's why it's dimpling and cracking. Or, or like, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on where playfields have gone over the last... There's like a clear difference. Absolutely clear difference. I mean, the diamond plate of the Bally Williams 90s era was, you know, bulletproof, you know? And now it's just like a, a thin layer that, like you said, it dimples. You can see the dimples. Um, I don't know if that's a result of different products and chemicals. Clear coating isn't my specialty. Right. Okay. It's a very, very obvious. So let's talk today you have what's your next game you're going to get in jack bar of all the new games coming out dude can you talk about what's coming next stranger things stranger things what well, yeah. wait is there a stranger things pinball machine coming out yeah yeah was, i, mean, I you, don't know if you've been on facebook lately did someone leak a video of <laughs> stranger things so you've you've ordered it already right yeah when are you expecting it uh, i'm told probably first week in january okay so it's coming yeah. They haven't. Now, the rumors are that they have even shipped some to locations to unbox tomorrow, December 23rd. Do you, do you think we're going to see people playing it as early as tomorrow? Um, yeah, I want to know why. If, you, my, if my distributor is listening, I'd like to know why mine isn't in a box in my bar. Right. And you're, you get some of the games immediately, right? So after Stranger Things, is there another title that you want to put on location here? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. All right. So... And you're going to get an early one. We don't have to say what number because apparently when you give what number you have, it's like a bullseye on the back oh, yeah, of your head. Yeah, I know. But you're going to get an early one. Yeah. So for people who want to play Rick and Morty on location, because we hear that a lot, that this game is rare, it's limited, you're not going to be able to see it on location, uh, you're going to be able to play it at Jack Bar. 
I would say as early as mid-February, right? It should most likely be here. I don't know. One thing I'll tell you is, like, as somebody who has 16 games, and I put my deposit down with the manufacturer or the distributor, depending on the case, and I don't pester them. I don't call them, when's my game coming? When's, you know, when can I expect it? I'm, I let them do their thing. When the game shows up, the game shows up. Okay. It's like building pinball is already hard enough. They don't need customers harassing them. I mean, and these companies... Inside, you listening? Yeah, no. I mean, these pe people are addicted. They want to know when they're going to get their game. So let's talk about Stranger Things because that is the hot thing right now. Like, you saw the video that, that I put up. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on the game just currently as it stands? It's really hard to say from that video. Um, well, for starters, that's what I'm told, and this is all hearsay, that's a premium. I'm getting a pro. Okay. Just because I want to get an early one. I want to get it in here fast. And supposedly all the projection stuff isn't even on it. So it's not on the Pro. So here's what I'm hearing. On the Pro version where that big screen is, mm -hmm. it's going to be a static piece of artwork. I hear it's, okay. it's Hopkins Lab, which is – I don't know how that's going to work. Because that's a big thing to just be sitting there statically in yeah. the middle of the game. It seems to be the both physically and figuratively the centerpiece of the game. And then the other part – is the projector right? And the discussion is: Will that work in in a non a, a room that's not pitch black? And it, as I'm looking around here right now, I'd be curious to see on location if that projector mechanism will function the way they intended to. Because that could be a problem, right? If you're an operator, and oh, they've yeah. got this gimmick that doesn't really work unless you have extreme low lighting. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure that the, the satisfaction will be there when people play it. I mean, I like to think that they they thought of that, right? You know, I don't. They know. must have, right? They, they must. Have. Someone had to, I mean, someone had to come into the testing room and yeah. turn the lights on and be like, "Hey, no Brian Eddie, how's that, it look now?" Right. There's like, no way they didn't think of that. Whether right. or not they figured out a solution, I mean, that right. remains to be seen. But any other? So, like when I'm looking at that game, I, I you know I've, we've been seeing it now for 48 hours. I do feel like it doesn't quite capture for me the 1980s world under the glass in the game and I was just I was kind of thinking about it like I'd love to see like more like like the 80s vibe come through because uh, right now it's, the art looks like it's just a Stranger Things poster with a bunch of inserts yeah. but I guess we got to see it played we're going to see it tomorrow yeah. tomorrow's the big day tomorrow's the big day we we, we spoiled their release but tomorrow's going to be the big moment in which the we see it streamed yeah. yeah do you ever um do you ever do streaming out of here? Do people ever come here and want to set up their streaming gear? And Yeah, uh, it, it's happened a couple of times. Okay. You know, it's not a regular thing by any means. Okay. But, um, you know, we're always open to, you know, we're very hospitable. Right. Anybody wants to do that, go for it. Are you a fan of Rick and Morty or did you just like hear about the show I, through pinball? I honestly have only seen two or three episodes of it when, it when it first aired, when season one first aired. And I did like it. For whatever reason, I fell out of it. It, has, it doesn't say anything about the show itself. And then I actually have a good friend who uh, got a job writing for the show for the new season. Um, he's a friend of mine who used to write for SNL, and now he's, he's doing that. And um, I was just really excited to go to him and tell him that. Uh, that the Because I, I first thing I did was I called him up, and I was like, did you know this thing was being made? Right. And he was like, no, nah, man, I'm just a peon. Yeah, yeah. Well, most people don't. You know, I, I also work for Hot Wheels, uh, they're one of my clients, but these big brands and big properties, they, they have a ton of stuff that's being licensed out, you know, to make products as extensions of those IPs. So not everyone, I bet most people aren't aware at Adult Swim that they're doing a pinball machine. No. So 
Have you started watching the show now that you know the pin is coming? Not yet. Not I, yet? I, I plan on it, though. Okay. It's um, good. I've started. T- I'm on season two. Yeah. I said to my girlfriend, Morgan, I was like, we, we need to sit down and binge watch this show. So you're kind of living a dream here because you also live above Jack Bar. Yeah. So you're kind of, and your office is inside Jack Bar. So you're yeah. you're surrounded by pinball machines all day long. Yeah, yeah. How does it does does sometimes people say when you get a little too close to the thing you love, it loses its excitement? Is that true, or do you, are you still like usually in love? that's the case in life? It is not the case with pinball. Right. You know, I I still allow myself. I mean, like, I work on them every single day. The first thing I do is I come down here every morning and work on the machines. Sometimes I'm done by the time we open at one. Sometimes I'm doing it till 6 p.m. And but I always allow myself to play after. I, you know, yeah. If you forget why you're doing something, then you can get very tired of it. Yeah, you know, playing pinball is always to me the best remedy to get re-excited with the hobby. I think yeah. a lot of us go online, we have conversations, we listen to podcasts, but you know, a lot of guys collect machines and don't turn them on that often. But it you can lose perspective that it is a toy that's just meant to be played and enjoyed. Uh, in a social environment, and no better place. And this is where they were meant to be. I mean, I, I see these barcades as the equivalent of modern-day arcades, and this is what pinball was always supposed to be, a social toy that brought people together. Sure. Now, the, your clientele, and you're in Brooklyn. I mean, this is a hip neighborhood. Are majority of people coming in here pinball fans or more beer fans, liquor fans, and they, it's just fun to have something to do? Like, what's the mix? Well, <clears throat> when we built the place... The first thing I said was, I want to make sure that this place is not an arcade with beer, but it's a bar with pinball. And the differentiation being that the bar, the, the pinball is in the background. Though it's like obviously there and there's a, you know, a lot of them. Like, we have tons of regulars that don't even touch the pinball machines. They come in because it's their neighborhood bar. Right. So we don't shove it down anyone's throat. Right. You know? Right. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, the machines are here. We get a lot of the regular players they can come in and they are not forced to drink. Right, right. right. You know, I actually saw a thread on Pinside the other day where people started debating whether it's okay to go into a bar and just play the pinball. I can't speak for every other bar. I can speak for myself as owner of this bar. Anybody can come in here and just play pinball. You own, I mean, you run the bar and the pinball, right? So I, I think it might be a little different if the machines are owned by someone else inside that bar. Sure. And that way, like, the whole point of having the machines there is to get yeah. people to buy some drinks. Right, right, right. So, but here it's different. I mean, you're making money on and whether it's a drink or a pinball machine. Sure. It's, it's all going to the same, same source. So, but the thing I tell the bartenders specifically, because they obviously don't benefit from people putting money into the machines, but maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe they'll bring somebody that drinks a ton. Right. You know, you be kind to them and, you know, they're going to remember that and they're going to have friends that drink. Now, something I've noticed in my short league experience in New York City is people get really heated and into <laughs> league play. And I watch people like abuse machines. And do you ever get that here where you have to tell people like, what, why are you throwing around my machine to win 40 bucks tonight? With Very your league? rarely. Okay. Rarely. So people respect these <clears throat> machines. Yeah. They, they, for the most part, I mean, yeah, there's exceptions to everything, but for the most part, they, I mean, you know, occasional like punching the lock bar or slap, like slapping like out of frustration and, and it happens. I, I've done it, right. you know, so I can't fault anybody for that. My biggest pet peeve, and a lot of people know this, is drinks on the glass. I hate that. Right. And you've got cup holders. Apparently, they yeah. might be hard to locate for some people. Sure, but, especially in a dark bar. You know, but it just, to me, and maybe I'm 
forgetting that I'm like around these all the time, but to some degree, these things are my babies. And it just seems so obvious to me, like that the glass is on a, on an angle and right. it's plugged into the wall. Right. You know, and anybody, I mean, ask anybody, like, do you think pinball machines are expensive or inexpensive? Everybody's going to say they're expensive. Right. Like if I, if I pulled up, if you pulled up in your car, that you, 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 would you, if somebody put their drink on the hood of the car, right, right. wouldn't you be like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, I would, I would. And uh, I'm looking at Primus though. Primus is pretty flat. It almost yeah, looks like a that's, coffee that's table. That's the one that gets it the most for sure. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I'm looking over my shoulder and I see a Willy Wonka in here. Yeah. Now let's talk about Wonka on location because I know that, and you have, is that a standard or an LE? It's an LE. It's an LE, yeah. which, so as an operator, I'm curious, because they made the standard edition for operators. It was 7,500, sure. didn't have the Wonka Vader mechanism. What made you go with the, the LE of the game? The extra mech. The extra like mech? The physical ball lock. Okay. Now how has that game been earning with its... Kills. Kills? Oh, Just yeah. the theme, bright lights. This is Willy Wonka on How do you, how do you, <laughs> so let's talk about that because we talk a lot about just theme is everything. And, and I've said that I think theme is the reason why people want to buy a game and put it in their home. Is theme everything as an operator? Like how, how do you weigh theme in, in your decision Big making? Time. Big, Big time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Dialed In is a great example. You know, I love Dialed In. I think it might be Jeff's best game. Anybody who plays it, for the most part, will say, like, yeah, that really is fun. You're a casual pinballer, and you walk up to two machines. One's a Wonka, one's a dialed in, which you, which you get to pick. Right, you right. Know? One you, could, you can relate to, and you understand the, the subject matter. Yeah, I mean, even as I look at dialed in right now, it is so jammed-packed, that game. And you can go get that now in LE for, like, $7,500. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's can, probably the best 7500 bucks you could spend. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what Rick and Morty is about to cost people yeah. if you get the Bloodsucker edition. I mean, we have tunnel vision in this hobby, right? We, we see the newest thing, and we just, like, oh, stand sure. up. But, man, if you put a dialed in, someone, someone should do this for me on my Facebook page. Put a dialed in play field with all this stuff on it next to Rick and Morty. And you tell someone these games are now the same price yeah. in the marketplace. Unbelievable. I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm going to go get all the Jersey Jack pins in like a couple of years because hobbits are now like 6,500 bucks. Now mm -hmm. as an operator, do you look at getting machines like used because you can get them for a really good price and they'll still earn like would the hobbit earn well in 2019 for you mm, it didn't do that hot when it was here it, it, this is a blessing and a curse that i get one of the first ones off of the line jack even brings it here himself which is right. super cool i'm the guinea pig you know i i'm all the problems that are inevitable off of the line i'm the first one to to do with i remember specifically I think you posted that the the ramp on yeah, the Yeah, I was about was to like say that was splitting that John, or, I don't know if you know this, but you're the this bar is the reason why I got banned. Not yeah. not, not anything you did, but right, I right, right. I took a picture of the Hobbit the the center ramp, the crossing ramp broke, the piece of metal broke. Yeah. I took a picture of it, I put it up on pin side, and that was actually the post that led to me being banned for life because they said I was <laughs> trolling. Because that's a that's yeah. a, that's a hefty sentence for life. I was they said I was trolling by highlighting the negatives of the yeah. build quality of the new pin. Wait, do you tend to do that? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, I, like just looking out for customers. Yeah. So but let's no, talk. I love that about you. You, uh, you know, you had Pirates of the Caribbean as well, and that's another pin. I didn't. You never had that's it. That's the only one I didn't buy. And did you not? Did you? Why? Why not? Because I, that's a great question. Um, 
I don't know. I, you know what? I was buying, Stern was like pumping pins out at that time, and I probably had just bought TNA. And like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not made of money. Was TNA on location here? Yeah. So how did that do? Well. Did pretty well. It started out really strong right. and then dropped off. Okay. It's actually now at a bar up in Greenpoint. Okay. Like a block away from the, so another pinball. I, I would imagine, I mean, theme is everything. I mean, Stern, for, for, for location play, when people are walking in and you've got a good mix of casual players with pinball players, uh, you know, the pinball players are going to jump on anything pinball. They, they, they just love pinball. I mean, they, they'll jump on, you know, I'm looking at the diners in here and Theater of Magic, Fishtails. Uh, but for the casual player... I mean, if you just brought in, I always say like the third grader test, you brought in a kid here and be like Star Wars, mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, like those are obviously the titles that are going to, people are going to gravitate towards. So how has Elvira been? Which is, because that's like an interesting theme. It's or, only been here for like three weeks, but it's been doing very well. And how do you like Elvira? I love it. You love it? Yeah. I, think, I, I honestly Convince didn't me. expect. Convince well, me. Yeah. I mean, really, you got to play it, but, um, which, which I, I hope you do after this. Yeah, we're going to play. Um, for starters, it's just really satisfying in terms of like the call outs and the, the video. And it's a, look, I'll tell you, it's a simple layout. It's a very straightforward layout. The shots are relatively easy, but they tie into the game. Like they, they each of them pays you with like some, some funny line from Elvira, some cool music. The music is cool as hell in that game. And it just looks sexy as hell. So in terms of the new manufacturers coming out, have you been following Deep Root and Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland? Yeah, I have. Do you think Deep Root is going to be able to make an impact in pinball, knowing all the options that are out there? Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm always very hopeful. And I don't want to sound negative, you know, because who doesn't hope there'll be more pinball, you know? Right. I'm, I'm all about more competition. You know, going from an oligopoly yep. that we're at now, you know, when I got into it was a monopoly and then right. an oligopoly. And soon, you know, there could be more manufacturers. I don't know if there's room for more, but I am very concerned about their uh, game plan, business and, model. And, and what concerns you about it? Well, a number of things. Um, I, you know, I listened to that interview when you had Robert on. Um, he sounded a little jaded, mm -hmm. maybe. You know, I don't know the guy personally, so I'm just going on how he sounded on your show. Um, but whatever, there's plenty of presidents out there that have like that personality, and they're successful. So that's not necessarily why they they would fail. Uh, I am con mostly concerned, I think, about them having because you asked, you know, how many games are you going to produce, and he had some answer that you know maybe I'll get the number. 21 games are 50% complete. 21 50% complete. That's, 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 that's interesting. Because that's like saying 21 of Canada's rumors are 50% accurate. <laughs> Which might be right. It, it probably know. is. Yeah, I, would. Um, I mean, but you know, nobody wants 21 games from them. Right. They want one awesome game. Right. And do you think we saw that with Raza right now? Oh, it's hard to say. You know, you get mixed reviews. I, I haven't seen it in person. Right. You know, it's a John game. John's games are pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a theater of magic right now. Now, as an operator, Robert's promise of an indestructible play field must excite you on some level that you could take. It was a, it, First, it was a sledgehammer. Now, it's a hammer to the play field and not have any dimples or uh, cracking or wear and tear. So, it got downgraded from sledgehammer? To, to hammer. hammer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we haven't seen it yet. 
Robert, Robert Mallet is next. We had yeah, <laughs> Robert. It's gonna be like a Nerf football at the end. But we no, but we haven't seen it yet. So it's gonna be interesting because March is coming up quickly. Yeah. I mean, people. I, I love 2020 as we look at into the horizon and what's coming next. Uh, you know, so as an operator, how, who do you buy? So you buy through a distributor. Is that how you get your games, John? Yeah, exactly. Who do, can you mention or no? I don't know. That's like. Is that yeah? Sure, I buy, I buy from Trent. Okay, Trent, from Tien, Trent. Trent is a uh, Trent from Tilt. Tilt okay, Tilt and he's Stern's bit, one of their biggest distributors, right? Yeah, Trent he, Augustine, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and he's. I've been buying from him since I think Tron might have been the first game I bought from him. Okay, and now does he distribute for JJP? Everybody is he? No, I think he's Stern exclusive. He might maybe American Pinball too. Okay. Okay. But I've asked him about like when I bought the Monster Bash remake, he said he wasn't doing Chicago gaming. Right. Okay. Now, I've seen on location, even here in New York City over at Sunshine, like Peter will put out like a like a supreme machine. He'll put out LEs of machines. Do you do you think it's silly to put a limited edition high end machine on location when there's pro versions? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't see any problem with it. You right. know, there. I mean, in my in my opinion, pros have traditionally been better games, both from gameplay, the gameplay point of view, as me as a player, but also they flow. You know, well, yeah, gameplay, but also they're just better location games. There's less maintenance. There's less mechanics on it. Right. Can you name an upper playfield in a stern game that's made the game better? Family Guy. Okay. The pin, yeah. The only is that the last one? I think so. <laughs> it's a while ago, right? Yeah. Um, how about lower playfield? I don't think they've done that many. Monsters, ACDC. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't particularly fond of the ACDC one. It seems like a premium when you know. If you're an operator, I would think you would start at. Well, Pro will get me the theme. Yeah. Saves me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. There's less in it to break. There's. I get the game first. Get the game first. Also, from a player standpoint, a lot of the pros just play better. I hear sure. that all the time. I, I hear mean, that. Yeah, I, Game of Thrones is a great example of that. Right. You know. What about Star Wars? I mean, you have a Star Wars Pro right here. Do you yeah. think that Hyperloop missing is impacts? I haven't really, I haven't really have played the, the premium on the Star Wars. I think I might have played one game yeah. in another bar. It was in the league, and I just basically stepped up to it and drained three balls immediately. And right. So I wouldn't you know, count that question I have, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are about, how confusing do you think modern pinball games are to people who walk in here and try to play a game? And the codes are getting more complex. Obviously, games like Willy Wonka, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dialed In, these aren't like, you know, just shoot what's blinking anymore. There's right. a lot that you need to know to really understand the way the game is supposed to be played. Do you, do you think games are getting a little too confusing for casual players who just Some walk into your bar? Some of them, yeah, for sure. Which ones do you think are just like... Star Wars. Star Wars? Yeah. Which it's the only game in the room I don't play. Because you just... Why? I just don't want to play chess while I'm playing pinball. I, I've said this before on the show that I, it's, it's hard, right? Because you, you know the Star Wars movies and you walk up to the machine and it's not as intuitive as the narrative of the movie, right? You're kind of like... You choose your character, which is also a little right away. We're we're we're, yeah. we're, we're off of like how Star Wars. You know, you're not yeah. just Luke who's trying to like defeat the Emperor. You're, right. Um, and then you're combining modes and stacking modes and sure. multipliers. So 
Okay, so you think that's confusing. I would agree. Pirates, I would agree. pirates suffered from that specific 20, problem. 22 characters you have to select from. I was so confused. With, with no timeout. That might have been, that might have been the, the, the moment where I made the decision not to buy it. Right. And when people say it's a great game, and I totally believe them, but I just couldn't get past the right. having to pick one. I, I've never even seen those movies. Right. Do you think, we hear this a lot, and that you really can't appreciate a modern game on location. Do you think that is an accurate statement? Cannot. You cannot appreciate a modern game on location. On location. I firmly disagree. I think you can. I think it depends on how the game is set up. Right. You know, I mean, there's definitely places where, I mean, you can't sneeze and not tilt. Right. You know, tilt pressing the start button. Right. You know? And so, yeah, any player is just going to be like, what the fuck? And there's a oh, I can't curse, sorry. You'll be like, I'm not It's all right. It's all right. Sunday morning. We yeah. will. Uh, well, I guess what, when people say that, I think they mean you really can't get immersed into the game. So I, I, we don't, the, right now the games are not, on, they're on, but they're not in a track mode. So mm. how do you set your volumes in a way that you can enjoy the pin, hear, you know, you hear the call outs, hear the music. Um, without being either too loud, right, to make the bar like annoyingly disruptive, sure, yeah. or too low, where you can't really hear the machines. I mean, I go into modern pinball uh, by me and Murray Hill, and mm. the games are always really low. Yeah, and I'm always like, ah, oh, like, I'm not getting the experience that I want. So, how do you right. figure out that balance? Well, I mean, I set them high by nature. I, I like I, I I try to come up with a level of volume where if you're standing two machines away. You can just kind of hear it, right. but if you're standing right in front of it, you can fully hear it. Right, right. <clears throat> I also have the luxury of being an on-site operator who's here often. So a lot of times I'll like lower them in the morning while I'm working on them just to a, like maybe a few, uh, few levels down so that in the daytime when the bartender is setting up and the, the music isn't as loud and there's only one, maybe two games being played, it doesn't scare everybody out of here but then then as the day progresses the place fills with people um and the music so we start turning the music up and i'll start turning the games up a little bit more but right. not every operator has that luxury right do you wish some of these games when we talk about innovation what kinds of things would you like to see innovated that would make it easier maybe for you as an operator and maybe easier for you as a collector or things you'd want to see put into pinball I don't know. I think I think Stern should finally let Steve Ritchie do what he wants and put a flamethrower and a chainsaw <laughs> in a machine. That would be cool. Right. Does he want to do that? I don't know. But he strikes me as the type. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. He's they probably gotta keep him on a leash. I don't know. He's he, he's, he's well, he's just one of my favorites. Right. Player, so you know stuff like internet connectivity, as an operator, would that make your life easier? So when new code comes out, your games are Wi Fi connected to Stern's network. And the games would automatically update. Would you? Would that be easier than having to open up? Put not you for up? me. I mean, well, how would that not be easier? Fine, it would be a little yeah, bit easier. Right now, you're using right, USB right, sticks. Right. I know, sure, but I mean, we're, we're talking about a few minutes of my day. Right, I mean, right. like, and I actually enjoy the process of right. like, updating the code. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. You know, so it, to me, it, I don't look at it like a pain in the ass. But to an operator who's not on location, sure. And especially if I'm a player who goes there and I'm like, like, like seven B is a perfect example. Right. They, you know, like they'll get the new game. The operator doesn't even know that there's such a thing as code update. He doesn't know what the fuck code means. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he just puts it in there and I can walk in two years later and Iron Maiden's still running on 0.81 or whatever yeah. it is, you know? And it's like so frustrating because you're like, this game is so awesome if they just update the code. Yeah. But they're never going to do it. Yeah. 
when I sold my Batman 66 LE, the guy didn't even know what code was. And it was like on point five something. He would have had the game for years thinking that the way they first shipped Batman yeah. was the game. Right. He just no clue. He was just a Batman fan. And, yeah. that, and that was that. Um, what about volume? So why can't you adjust the volume in a game on most games from the outside of the game? Uh, well, in Jack's games, you can. But, on, but not in Stern's. No. Where, I, don't, where, I don't want the players messing with the volume. No, but like put it somewhere like maybe in the back, somewhere where they wouldn't know, but just operators would know, or maybe, I don't know. So where's, on the jack one, you can do it from the front? Yeah, well, you could shut that off in the settings. Okay. But I do specifically remember with dialed in, it was default was you can use that, you know, where the headphone jack is, there's right. an up-down volume button, and people were turning it up, and I was like, I, I didn't know that that was enabled. Oh, okay. And I kept saying, like, why is the game so loud again? Right. And I definitely turned it down. Right. You know? And then somebody casually mentioned to me, like, oh, it's cool. You can adjust the volume with that button on so the outside. So that's, that's for, that's like, for oh, the home, no. right? It's not really for not... You'd yeah, want that right. in your house, but you wouldn't want that in a bar. No. Yeah, I, don't I, get why. I, I get why. There's a lot of things you don't want to let a player do. do you, one of the things that's changed a lot in pinball is pinball machines used to go on location to test before... They, they were manufactured, and that's changed now. I mean, the window in which these manufacturers now keep games secret and create that fear of missing out when they announce the game, but the games haven't been on location and been pressure tested the way they used to back in the day. Do you wish more manufacturers would put games on location to have them sort of beat on for a few months before? Yeah, they do. It's called Jackpot. Is that <laughs> so you do you give feedback and have you ever oh, yeah, given time. feedback that's actually been implemented into sure. some like future manufacturing? Absolutely. For the, like Absolutely. what what kind of I mean, things? I, I know a lot of the people at these companies, you know, I'm in the hobby a long time. They know that I have good honest feedback. I'm not an asshole about it, you mm -hmm. know. Like like uh, like uh, like on Elvira, like I know Lyman a while. I emailed them, I'm like, hey, what do you think about this happening? Right. You know, maybe adjust this. I was having a problem with the up down with the house ramp, and he gave me some great advice as to how to. But even though he's not an engineer, right? You know, it was either so. Well, so I, you know, I wrote him about some of those things, and he's happy to hear. It's one thing to be sitting behind a computer and like anticipating how it's going to perform. It's another thing when it's in the field. Jack, I, you know, I, he'll, you know, he'll give, he'll tell me who to call at the company, right? And I'll, you know, I'll give him everything. So, and, and they're always amenable to feedback. I mean, I think sometimes people go on the website, pin side, and we're, we're complaining about everything, like they don't care, but they do care. I mean, I think what, where they struggle now is the demand is so high to get pinball machines that these manufacturers are just trying to get stuff on the line and out to customers as fast sure. as they can. Uh, they, they clearly are not taking as much time as they used to back in the day, and, but, but they can't. They can't do it anymore like they used to because they can't put, let's say, for example, uh, you can't put Stranger Things out in a bar four months before production starts because then you spoil the reveal right. of the game. Sure. And with Stern having new games out every three months. So it has to be the few months after the, after yeah. it's, pre, it's in production. Yeah. And you couldn't do a Whitewood. It's I just, don't blame them. Yeah. No, I, I don't blame them either. Had, if it was my company, I'd be getting the units out there. Yeah. Get the machines out. We could update it with code. Yeah. I, I don't blame them either. Um, well, what's your dream theme that's not currently available? Mm. If I could just be like, you know, I'll snap my fingers, Canada, the pinball genie, make it's any game inception. appear. It's, it's not Inception. It's not Inception. 
Oh my god! So, you got some interesting ones when you when you said. To do you want me? me do you want me to know? give you a few and then maybe? I, I would sure. love. I would love G One Transformers. I love Big Trouble in Little China. That's the animated Transformers. Oh yeah, the first one, the Orson Welles movie with Galvatron and Unicron and. The, the movie they put out with that soundtrack with You Got the Touch and Dare and... Orson Welles? He was Unicron. He was, it was the last movie he ever did. Wow. He was the voice of Unicron. That's unbelievable. Um, that's 1987. Like War of the Worlds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, I no idea. I also think that I love Big Trouble in Little China. I love campy movies. I think 80s... You really think that would lend itself to pinball? Absolutely. Think about it. You're Jack Burden. Like, you're, you're, you're the character. Right. Yeah. And then you have to go defeat Lopan and all the different... You have the, the guy three, with the Raiden hat? Yeah, you got the Raiden hat guy. You got the guy who blows up. You got Lopan who, like, raises up. Just, just the toys and the campiness of it, yeah. I, I think, would be terrific. I also just like a simple story like that that would translate perfectly into pinball. And yeah. I think the other thing when I look at pinball, and I think this is why Rick and Morty is going to do so well, just a sense of humor. Like a movie with a big personality yeah. that's fun and campy translates really well. It's why I'm like nervous about Stranger Things because I don't think the darkness of the Stranger Things world, it's like a little serious to show. I, and I look at the pin, I'm like, I'm not getting the 80s campiness from that. I'm getting more of that serious element of the show. And I, I think, fully agree. I don't think it's going to be like, I don't know if yeah. that's the fun elements coming to life. It's more like the serious aspects of the show. So I think fun movies, like that's why yeah, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters to me, is probably the greatest pinball theme of all time. I'm, I'm not yeah. happy with how it was executed. Sure, and it was also but, about thirty years too late. But yeah, yeah, and it, but it's just like it just the execution of it. It it, it was Stern's last DMD game. I, I was upset yeah. that they didn't make it LCD. Sure, it just, and then just the design of it was just eh. Like I, I've only played it maybe twenty times in my life, but I wasn't like my, I, I wasn't like knocked off my feet. You know, I I, I hate I, I'm hesitant to say it because it's so cliche. Matrix yeah. would have been a fantastic theme. Now, why do we say would have been? Because go get it, somebody. I know that Warner Brothers right now, they would want someone to incorporate the fourth movie in, into their life. As licensing. a player, I would love them to make it today. Yeah. As an operator, or I should say, yeah, but as an operator, I wouldn't be that thrilled by it because it's too late. It's too late. Like, people are raving about how Rick and Morty, and this is an excellent point, Rick and Morty, it's like about time... They, they released a pin with the timeliness. Of but Jurassic Park is is very much same time period as Matrix, no? It is. But they made, and I was, when I heard that they were doing Jurassic Park, I was like, wow, that timing sucks. Right. Like, they exit fully executed. Right. You know, right. and I had full faith in Keith because Iron Maiden kicks ass. Right. You know? I, I think Matrix is a little evergreen, though. I do think you get these properties that almost everybody's seen it. It, it's still cool. I would, I would love it if it was only the first movie. But again, I just think about the the translation of that theme into pinball would be really cool. I like that all they the did stop it motion I, stuff. I, I'm I'm happy they didn't use the assets. Right. Honestly, they created a whole nother world, like based on that theme, but a different story. Right. And they did it so well. Okay. So you're talking Jurassic Parks. When you play it, yeah, yeah. You, they are giving you different tasks to do. And you feel compelled to do that. Okay. You know? So, like, so I don't remember if Keith said it or somebody else when they did the making of video said it so well. It's like, this isn't the story of the people in the movie. <clears throat> this is the story of everybody else that was on the island. Right, right. And you feel that way. And it's right. really cool. Well, and people love it. I mean, I, do you think Jurassic Park is going to win Game of the Year 
at the Twippies. It should. Is it, be, is it the best game of 2019? It's one of Stern's best games, period. Right, right. And, and Keith Elwin, is he their best designer right now, all things considered? He's their freshest designer, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Who's your favorite designer of all time? Steve Ritchie's up there. Steve Ritchie? Now, Black Knight, where is one? I don't even see one. It's, it's up at a bar in Greenpoint, Tampa. Did, did you like Black Knight? Sort of Rage? Sort of Rage. It was, it was good enough. Do you think he's still got one big hit left in him? I don't know. He might have 20 big hits left in him. He definitely needs to. 20 that are 50% done? or you know, Like Getaway is my probably my favorite game of all time. Right. High right. speed, too. Really simple. It has that, that feel of simple to learn, tough to beat. Right. That is what makes any, I don't care, you can talk about theme, you can talk about technology, build quality, and this and that. Only thing that matters is it's simple to learn, right. but tough to be. Right. That's, the, and not just in pinball, any game in the world. As right. a gamer, any game should have those qualities. And Getaway is a perfect example of that. Right. It's five major shots. Right. That's right. it. I mean, we think about Super Mario Brothers, right? Probably the most successful video game of all time. Simple to learn, two buttons. Yeah hard to get through when you were right. a kid, right? We played Absolutely. it for hours and hours and hours. And I think it's, it's a good example of, I think where people want to see more and more pinball, it should be approachable. It should be, you should be able to get into a game pretty easily. But then again, make the code hard to get to the end of the journey. Um, but don't make it confusing on how to just play the pin. And I think that sure. that's a lesson for, for all modern games right now. Uh, I, I guess the next question I have for you, John, is, Rick and Morty's coming. You've got Stranger Things. Which I want to point out, Rick and Morty is, that is such a great move on Spooky's part. Right. Great. Now, like, they, that so lends itself. I mean, I, like I said, I haven't watched the whole show, but just the three episodes I watched. Like, in a five-minute period in an episode of that, like, 50 different things happens and different characters. It's like right. just so much opportunity to, like, create tasks and adventures. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's... Them going into different dimensions, it's like you could just see, it's, it's like perfect mode-based yeah. cartoon Any for Emoji's. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's making original call-outs for the game. I think, I don't think we've seen, I really don't think we've seen half of the game yet. I mean, I know we've seen the layout, yeah. we've seen the art, but the other half Spooky's of that game, gonna kill it. they're going to kill it. The they're other half of that it. game is Justin Rowland's contributions to it, who's the creator of the yeah, show. Yeah, that's huge. Once we hear all of his, like, so I heard he's going to be like cursing out the player. He's going to—it's going to be custom awesome. callouts, kick ass. That's what one of the big things that Spider-Man has going for it, right? Because uh, Mr. Jameson, what's what's the actor's name? JJ, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever his name is. He recorded a whole ton of lines, right. For that, like right. so, like you know, you press the flipper button when it's in game over, and he's like, "What are you fishing for a compliment?" Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, so cool. Yeah, and that's what was cool. I mean, I loved having Batman because of all the custom Adam West callouts and Burt Ward, like it. I mean, Stern has been accused of sort of cutting corners on getting the assets, you know, that people want to see in these games. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. I, I just think a pinball machine becomes, once you make a, a machine based on a theme people love, that's it. Like, and that's why I think people had issues with Star Wars. You've got one shot at putting everything people love about that franchise mm -hmm. into the pin. And then it's too late. It's done. It's been finished. I mean, you can always add stuff later on, maybe with code. And that's always been my gripe with Wonka is it's a musical. I just want to hear the like the the mm. musical yeah. being sung by the people from the film, and it's like almost there. Right. It's like elements of it are there, um, but I guess on location it doesn't matter as much. I mean, people are 
probably not going to get I mean, yeah. too deep into these things. Exactly. And, right. Exactly. I mean, obviously, when I buy a $9,500 pinball machine, you know, I have to be concerned with whether it's going to earn or not. Right. So right now, because what I want to do is I want to have John come back on the show and do a little bit of, uh, you know, correspondence from an operator's point of view. So are, are, you, are you comfortable, John, coming back on Canada's Pinball Podcast awesome. to do that every once Absolutely. in a while? Because I do think this is a really interesting part of the hobby that, again, I definitely underservice it on my podcast where I'm just talking about, like, what's coming out next and what are the rumors? Hot Wheels, by the way. What do you think? On location, Hot Wheels. Do you think that connects with the people who walk through the door of Jack Bar? No, I don't think so. Right? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, I, you know, I think I might have mentioned to you before, I... I immediately have a problem with a pinball machine having a brand from a toy company on it. Right. I don't know why. That's one thing that bothered me always about the Transformers machine. Right. And I don't know why. It just cheapens it to me. Now, that's in my mind. I get it. It could be an awesome game. But, like, you put a, I don't know, I put a machine and it says Mattel on it. You know, it looks like I just bought it at the KB Toy Store. Right. You know. I used to work at KB Toys. God bless them. They're, they're out of business. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. You really did a great job. Yeah. No, I was trying <laughs> to save them. Um, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I think there's some toy lines that are just beloved, like G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers. Uh, but those, are all, those have also spawned into movies and, and whatnot. But, I mean, Hot Wheels is just – it's going to be interesting because it's a huge property. They sell billions of them. It's been around for 50 years. But I, I – I think it's unclear whether or not that fan base will carry over and buy a pinball machine. Yeah. That is the big gamble that, if it is true, American Pinball is making and yeah. thinking that that is the theme that will get people to buy a machine. Now, as a collector, what do you, what, what do you want to – like do you think – this is a question I always have. Do you think any of these games are really collectible? And by that I mean – I always see a, a, something worth collecting. It, it, how, do you, how do you envision it? Like it just means so much to you that you just always want to be near it. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm a collector at heart. So like, you know, I have a handful of games that will never see the light of day in this bar because they're my collectible Now, what, what can you list what some of those are that just mean that much that not... I have a, a bunch of home use only and a handful in the box. Um, I have like a, I have another Spider Man that's pristine. Right. You know, I unboxed it. Spider Man Black. No, I didn't. I didn't like the the colors. The colors. <laughs> um, I like Spider Man is is blue and red as far right. as I'm concerned. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's personal preference. Uh, but uh, like I have a like Spider Man with less than 200 plays on it. I have a Lord of the Rings LE. Right. I have a Metallica Premium. Um, I have a beautiful Judge Dredd. Some of these games are really fun games that. I just can't allow for them to be like beaten in here. Lord um, of the Rings LE is the game I regret getting rid of. It, it, I had it all brass plated. Yeah. I sold it to Peter at Sunshine and I is watched it get destroyed. It? Yes. Yes. It's destroyed. It is. It, it, to see, and I. That's a shame. It was a beauty. I had everything in that that you would want. Yeah. And now I walk over it. It's like watching your, you know, your beautiful car just get like crushed yeah um I, I don't know if i should be saying this but this is this was so funny this thing that was said to me back at reciprocal my friend andy sold me that twilight zone it's a beautiful twilight yeah, zone it's gorgeous you looked at it 
It's a beautiful example of that game. I've been operating this game for 12 years, but he sold it to me originally. This was 12 years, 10, 12 years ago. Sold me that game for, I won't even tell you how much, but he, as soon as he sold it, he got in his house, he was putting mods on it, shining it up, and just loved this thing. And then he offered it to me first because he, he needed to sell the two games he had. I put it in reciprocal right away. And I'm like, you know, you cool with me putting it on location? I'll, you know, I'll take good care of it. Right. And he's like, no, do your thing. It needs to be loved, which was cool. And then he came in for league a couple of weeks after, and people were playing on it. And he says to me, he goes, man, I feel like I'm watching my ex-girlfriend get gangbanged by all my best friends. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, it, it's... Sorry, it's, people. I just, I had to yeah, share for that Yeah, ch children, children don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's hard. It is hard, especially when it's something that you've babied and then you and then it's out in the wild. Um, it made it easy for me to sell it to someone local because they could just pick it up. I mean, I just sold my Batman and Fast Eddie, who I loved to death, came and picked it up and yeah. wrapped it for like two hours. And mm. and you know, right now I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear he he takes that much care. Oh, Fast Eddie, if, use him. if you haven't used him, I no, mean, I haven't, but he, I heard good things. He's a tank. I mean, he's an older gentleman who just yeah. does the best. Moves machines by himself. Yeah. Slings it on his shoulder. He's <laughs> he's incredible. And he just, he wraps the hell out of them. Yeah. Um, I hate to be the guy that has to unwrap that I'm Batman. Sold. I think he might have just gotten him like 50 new jobs. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, and so, so let's, so we're talking dream themes. We were talking, where were we? We were on, um, What's coming out next, or what did I, I did I lose my train of thought for the first time? So, John, we're at like the hour mark, pretty much. It goes by fast on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, any final? I can talk pinball all day. Any final thoughts for the listener of the show um, before we uh, we say sayonara to this episode four hundred and forty something? I mean, I I'm, I I kind of I there was something I wanted to say on the show that I kind of like tossed back and forth in my mind, but I thought this might give. It, it, so my my girlfriend and I lived together. I actually met her through pinball. Uh, she was a regular at the bar here, and I was had a, I had a crush on her for years. Um, and she was dating somebody, so you know I you know I stayed away. And I was actually dating someone at the time. I just always had a crush on her, and um, she was we became friendly, but she wouldn't give me the time. Like she she wouldn't even entertain the idea. Like I had broken up with that girl at the time. She was still dating someone. I was single, and I just was enamored by her and then they eventually broke up and here we are she's my she's she loves pinball she's my best friend she's like just the raddest lady in the world right like the raddest lady. and now we're having a baby together she's amazing six months pre yeah amazing. We're, we're due in march and i love it we live together and just so like she's just like the best thing that's ever happened to me um but i did always want you know like i just never loved the idea of having a child when you're not married so um in the back of my mind, I always wanted to figure out a way to really profess my love to her. So she's going to be listening to the show with me. As soon as you give it to me, I'm going to make sure she listens to it with me. And she'll have to sit through the whole thing just to hear me ask her if she would marry me. No way. Get the F out of here. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm, I want you... her to be my wife. Okay, that's and I incredible. Married. I want us to have a baby while we're married. That's just old-fashioned that way. And I love her to death. And I... I I'll give her a moment to think about it and then answer. Wow. This is a, a I'm, I'm speechless. John, that's amazing. Yeah. I, so are you going to have a ring ready when she hears this? And like, at this, oh yeah. at this point you're down on a yeah. knee. By the way, everybody, um, she'll be learning this as you do. 
but I have her grandmother's engagement ring in a safe waiting for her that her mom sent me months ago. Okay, and you and you get and all the all the necessary permissions right from her side of the family. Called my dad, asked for his blessing. He was very happy. I, mean, I get along great with her folks. They're super rad people. And um, what's what's her name? What's her name? Morgan. 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 Morgan, all right, Morgan. Yeah, she. I you'll mean, meet I'm, her. You'll meet her one day. I'm looking like, now into, I understand. Yeah, why. I'm looking into the eyes. I mean, I, he, I think he's beginning to tear up in front of Canada, which <laughs> never happens when I'm talking to a guy about pinball. Yeah. Um, the only one crying right now is Zach Sharp uh, when he heard that <laughs> that Canada leaked the Stranger <laughs> Things video. Yeah. So Morgan, I mean, I, I I feel the love in the air now. She knows you love her. She has she been waiting oh, for this or yeah. what's up? I mean, I mean, it, I probably wouldn't have asked. Right. Like this, if I wasn't fully confident that okay. what the answer would be, okay, you know. But I, I thought that she's definitely just listened to the show for an hour, having no idea that that was about. To Does come. she listen to the show at all? Um, only when she like pops into the office and I'm in there, like, you know, whatever, doing paperwork and counting money and just like listening to the show in the background. Right. And she's like. She's like, turn that. But, you know, I'm going to be telling her, hey, I'm, I, this was my episode. I want you to listen to it. Right. Okay. And right at that hour mark, she's all of a sudden going to be my fiance. I, I, that's amazing. I would, ha I would maybe get like some dinner going. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, hopefully I get access to this as, as soon as it airs. So like she doesn't. Get the whispers of yeah, everybody. I mean, and be like, oh, congratulations! Obviously, I've never had this happen before in my show, so we, 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 we could talk. Yeah, no, so, we could we could time this so that it works for you. I mean, right, I'm, cool. I'm okay to hold this until whenever you're ready. Yeah. Um, so, are you ready this week? I'm gonna. I, you could tell me that it's gonna air in an hour from now, and I will make sure that she's listening. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, okay. So you're you're just ready to go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've let's been, get it done before the holidays. On this ring for a while. Ho holidays a good time. Oh, absolutely. To do it. Yeah, it makes you know. It's the best gift you can give. Someone. I want to go into twenty twenty knowing that this girl's going to spend the rest of her life right with me. That's incredible. Well, John, I'm I'm super happy for you. I Thanks. mean, uh, as someone who uh, locked in a, a a woman like Brenda who loves loves that I love pinball. Mm -hmm. She's not the biggest player, but yeah, we just got engaged on our rooftop. I just went up with it was her and Bubba. I was like, this is all I need in my life. Yeah, had the red hot chili peppers playing. I was like, will you marry me? And God bless. It was that simple. And then yeah, and then. And it sounds like you're marrying your best friend, which is the she best. She is absolutely my best That's friend. That's the most important like she's part. She's just funny and she gets me. And See, people are going to think I stage it, though, to win a Twippy, to win the third Twippy Award, which is not true, I didn't people. Even think of that. I mean, but this I is just like, I leak Stranger Things. You know, the crazy thing is, I thought of this this morning. Really? Yeah. Someone gets engaged on yeah. this show. And I, throughout the entire show, I contemplated whether I was going to do it. Okay. And then well, I was you like, let me know how you feel because if you if you if you think differently, I can always like I am, put this I've in. I've never been more. I don't mean I don't mean about Morgan. I mean like yeah. whether or not you want to use Canada's yeah. Pinball Podcast. I've had people. a lot of really awesome things happen to me in my life, and she is by far the best. Amazing, amazing. So much love is so much better than pinball. It just is. Yeah. Well, you can share the two. Absolutely, better. absolutely. Well, you know, look, it's this is incredible, John. I think I, there's nothing left to say other than Morgan. I know you said yes. This guy is incredibly in love with you. I'm looking at him right now. Um, I, I'm just happy to be a part of this special moment. I mean, I, thanks. I, I, I thanks for I, giving me the platform. Yeah. No. Thanks for coming on. But, and, and just so you know, I am. You know. You know. Not to shift topic off of something so beautiful but i am i really love that idea of being like an operator correspondent I you think are there's like so much to add because like i know you, and you have a lot of listeners but you were saying to me like 
like very few of my listeners are are you know location players. Or you said that most of my listeners are you know collectors, home collectors. Right. I don't know if that's true. You might be right, but I, I, I the the reality is majority of manufactured pinball goes to locations. Right. You know. And I learned this when I bought my when I bought my first machine. I put it in my apartment. I lived in the East Village, and I was like, "I got a fucking pinball machine in my apartment. This right. is so sick!" Right. <clears throat> Played it for a week, maybe two, and then just end up walking back to Seven B right. and playing. Yeah. The machine over there, and everyone's like, everyone knew me as Pinball John. Yeah. And they're like, "Don't you have a machine in your apartment?" Yeah. And why are you and here? Like, no. Yeah. I do. But there's just nothing like playing in a bar. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm the same way. My people hear the knocker go off and they're like... My mom bought me and my brother a Street Fighter II Champion Edition when we were young because she was sick of us going to the arcade. And we were the coolest kids on the block. But then you're like, you want to go out and I want to beat people at Street Fighter. Like it was no fun just like playing my brother all day long. Um, and still to this day, I go into Barcade in St. Mark's. They have a Street Fighter II there. I'm yeah. 43 years old. Yeah. And I just kick everyone's ass. That's awesome. And then I went to Tokyo and got my ass kicked for two and a half weeks because everyone over there is so much better. Um, um, well, one of my good friends and a very good pinball player, Adam Kane, he's, uh, he used to compete in Marvel versus Capcom. And he would love to challenge you, I can promise. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Bring it yeah. on. Well, he John, likes to talk about how I told him I was, I was pretty good at Street Fighter 2. And he invited me to his apartment and he proceeded to, and he loves to tell this story still like eight years later, he proceeded to be me with every single character. character. Yeah, he, he can't let that one go. Yeah. But. Well, John, this is an amazing episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Morgan, my God, I'm so happy to be a part of your special moment. Um, Love and, you, babe. Yeah, and, and you are the official Canada Pinball Podcast uh correspondent for on location play That's and awesome. operators so great thank I'll you so much i'll be happy to keep you just like i inform the manufacturer of how the game is doing i'll let you know too great and you heard it here is he's going to have a rick and morty guys in a few weeks so we'll, we'll keep you posted on when it arrives at jack bar in new york city mm. and i know a lot of you out there who travel to new york city often ask me chris where should i go play where should i play pinball um this is the place to come i mean the games are in incredible condition run by a guy who meticulously maintains these things and they're not set up with cheap drains like some other place in Brooklyn that I usually go move. to. You can, move you can actually machines. move these machines with the tilt going off. Um, and they actually have volume unlike the place in Murray Hill. I'm not going to throw shade, yeah. I just did. Um, anyway, John, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations again. Great to be I'm here. Looking forward to he now I'm looking forward to hear Morgan's response I'll after this. You'll be, the, you'll be one of the first to this, know. This is great. Other than her, uh, her family. All right. Well, have a happy holidays, everybody. This will be probably the last uh, show before the holidays. I know I'll have to talk about Stranger Things, but I'm going to let John have this beautiful engagement moment more than talking about a big screen that flips down to hit a Demogorgon. I appreciate that. You're going to talk. You're going to have another episode. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to we'll listen to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll time it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. All right. Thanks, John. I actually kind of find, I find when you don't have an episode, I kind of like... Didn't I write you? I was like, what was the I know, episode? I know. There's so much pressure. There's yeah. so much pressure. Anyway, thank you, John. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's a